So again, you know, what is the rule of God? What is the kingdom of God, right? The rule of God is that God needs to rule your heart. And once he rules your heart, then he can begin to train you and prepare you for the work that he has for you. So anyway, on earth as it is in heaven, as it says here, and then it says, give us this day our daily bread, right? Jesus says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God does man live. You need to be seeking God daily for that bread of life, amen, for that presence of God, for that showbread, that life that gives presence, amen, so that you're close to God, amen, so that you're always sensitive to the Lord, right? Jesus said, if the eye be single, then the whole body shall be full of light. In other words, if you maintain sanctification in your life and you maintain your order to the Lord, and be ready and be fit, be be fitted. In other words, be ready to be used at that hour when he needs you. When there's an issue that needs to be stood up for as far as a cause, well, then you're going to be able to rise up in the name of the Lord, right? So it says here, give us this day our daily bread. So you need to be again in the presence of God, praying, seeking God, you know, asking him, Father, what about my life? What about this situation? What about my brothers and sisters? What about my, my cousin? What about my nephew? What about my uncle? What about my aunt? What about my brother? You know, that, that has a problem with cursing, you know, Lord, how can I help him? You know, whatever the Holy Ghost lays on your heart, those are the things you need to be seeking ask, asking God for, right? So here we go. It says here that, uh, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses. And forgive us of our sins, for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Well, so when you're... When you're not being, uh, when you're not forgiving your brothers and sisters for all the wrongs that they've done to you, then don't expect you to go be. Don't expect that God is going to hear you when you go before Him and you need Him, because there must be complete forgiveness in our hearts. That's the whole key: is that God so loved the world, right? John three sixteen that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but had everlasting Zoe, Zoe life of God, Amen. The life of God eternally, not. Someday I'm going to live forever. I'm saying right now you, you seek God for the presence of God, for the bread of life, amen, so that you can experience God now, so that you can begin to ask him, what do you want out of my life, Father God? What about, again, what about these situations? What about what's going on in the world, etc.? Right? So, and so again, you're not going to be able to do that if there's, there's odd in your heart. There's, there's a, in other words, you have, if you have an offense one to another. And by the way, Jesus said, right? You are my disciples if you love one another. That's part of being in the kingdom of God is that we must love one another. We must move on from that situation because let me tell you, the enemy's looking for all that stuff, man. He's looking for you to have unforgiveness in your heart because if you do, then he's going to be able to bring in his wickedness and his perversion and inspire wicked thoughts and wicked perverted dreams. And he's going to be able to do all these things, you see. Oh my God! You know, yesterday I was sitting there. I was sitting there, and I was on my just sitting down. I was pretty tired. I've been up in the early in the morning, just kind of working around the house and doing all these things. And um, I um, I put the television on, you know, and I just watched a few minutes of a program, and then it started the the other program, you know. Uh, um, Whatever the next program was, which the same same program, but just another series, another episode. But each time, I um, each time, the first time I got grieved. Well, I was I wasn't grieved yet. I'm sorry. It's when I started watching the second one that 
man, my spirit, my, 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 my discern the spirits, you know, I just started, my heart started beating fast, and, and I just felt so uncomfortable, man, I knew the Holy Ghost was grieved, amen, so right away I turned that television off, and I asked God to forgive me, and the reason I'm sharing that is because we have to walk in that type of sensitivity with the Lord, if you don't, um, then, then, uh, you know, it's, it's, you're not going to be able to, like I said, be sensitive before God, and that's the whole thing, is that, is that our sensitivity to the Lord is contingent upon us not being involved with the world and letting that perverted things of the world and the things that they operate and the things that they say and how they say it and the tone that they use and all this perversion come in, you see, and and completely um, uh, grieve God. And I don't want that, obviously, you know, and I know, I know as brothers and sisters, I'm sure that you don't want that in your life. So anyway... Uh, I uh, immediately, you know, repented and asked God to forgive me, and then I just I moved on, right? I don't I don't sit there and dwell on these things, right? And we shouldn't dwell on these things. So after that, I just turned it off and and uh, you know put some music on and, and uh, just enjoyed the presence of God. Excuse me a second here. I don't like I like this to be nice and uniform, right? So anyway, um, so I'm saying that I'm I'm saying that to say that we must maintain our sensitivity to the Lord, and 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 if you're not maintaining sanctification in your life, in other words, if your eye is not single in purpose towards God, then you're going to miss God. You're going to miss the opportunity to move for God, to work for the Lord, and you're going to be you also miss His voice in your life. Amen. So. He says, give us this day our daily bread, forgive us our sins as we forgive others who are indebted to us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. In other words, I don't want to go through a test, so don't, don't, don't put me through a test right now. And he said unto them, which of you shall have a friend? Now here it is. And shall go unto him at midnight, and say unto him, friend, lend me three loaves. And what's interesting about this, if you look at Luke chapter 18, it's also talking about prayer. And he said, man, not always to pray, right? And then he said the unjust judge heard the cry of the lady finally because she kept pressing him. So I'm saying to you that if you keep pressing him and you keep seeking, you keep asking, which we're going to see here in a minute, you're going to hear from the Lord. So he goes to a friend and, and he goes to him at midnight and says unto him, friend, lend me three loaves, uh, three loaves. And, and the friends, for a friend of mine in his journey has come to me and I have nothing to set before him. I don't have anything to take care of him to feed him. And from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not, the door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. Okay? In other words, I don't want to get up. Uh, we're already in bed. It's already <clears throat> late, you know, etc. Verse 8. Luke 11, 8. I say, I say unto you, though he would not rise and give him, because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needed. So in other words, when you pray, he said, say our Father. So who are you before when you're asking God, you're before the Father? And he's using the example saying, you keep on asking, you keep on seeking, you keep on knocking. And verse 10, for everyone that seek, asketh, receiveth. The word receiveth is lambano, Lord of God. Lambano means to take with the hand to lay hold of any person or thing to use it, to use it, to take it. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. <coughs> okay? 
So you need to seek, you need to ask, you need to knock continually. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he give him a fish? Will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he ask for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? No, man, you're going to give your son or your daughter <clears throat> the, the request that's being made. And without grudging, you know, you're going to willingly offer and, and help your family and, and your friends. So it says, uh, <clears throat> now verse 13, here's what I'm trying to get to. <clears throat> and this falls right in line when I was covered last, was it Thursday or last Sunday? I don't remember. If ye then being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father, here it is, give the Holy Spirit to them that ask Him. Isn't that interesting? He's talking about somebody coming and asking for loaves, then he's, then he's referring to he's going to, because of his importunity, he's going to rise up and, and give you uh, what you're requesting of him, right? And then he says <clears throat> that seek, ask, and knock continually. And then he says, how much more shall your Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him, right? So what am I saying here is that when you ask God, see, the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God. He is the Spirit of truth. He is the one that's been, Jesus Christ said, was going to come. He's going to be another comforter of Paracleo, which means he's going to come and be on your side, on your defense. You don't have to defend your life. You don't have to stand up for yourself. You just need to represent me in the earth, is what the Lord is saying, right? <coughs> All right? Now, so he said, how much more shall your Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? In other words, you ask the Holy Ghost what you need. And the Holy Ghost, amen, is God. The Holy Ghost is the Spirit of God. He is the Spirit of truth. You can ask him, Holy Spirit, what is this about? What is that about? Show me what's going on in this situation. Why, what, what's going on with this discerning of spirits? Why, what's happening here? What is this manifestation? What do you want me to do here, Lord? You can ask the Holy Ghost. In other words, is what I'm trying to say. The Holy Ghost is God. You understand what I'm saying? You're, the Spirit of God is God. That's Him. So I'm saying to you that, declaring unto you that you need to ask the Holy Spirit. Amen. Ask the Holy Spirit for things that you have need of from the Father. Amen. It is the very Spirit of God. Amen. And uh, anyway, that, I thought it was super, super precious how the Lord does these things and how He leads me into these things. And I never have to struggle about hearing from the Lord as long as I maintain my relationship to Him. Amen. Don't get out there involved in sin and perversion and, and try to walk like the world, right? <clears throat> and the things that we need to be asking God are, are, you know, the Word, amen? What about this in my life? What about, you know, my wife? What about my sons and my daughters? We can ask God. The Scripture says God gives wisdom uh, to them that ask Him, amen? He won't, he won't, he won't uh, <clears throat> think less of you. He's not going to belittle you. He's not going to, uh, you know, think wrong of you because you ask him for something that you need. Wisdom, praise God. I wanted to <clears throat> kind of go over this other outline today a little bit. I've kind of overlooked it a little bit, but I want to get back into it just quickly. Uh, let me post this up for y'all. Amen. Anybody have any questions or comments on anything I'm saying? You know, you can send me an email, createdisciples at gmail.com, or you can ask me right here online while we're, <clears throat> while we're broadcasting. All right. 
Alright, I'm going to post this video here. <clears throat> I'm sorry, this outline. And this was number... Was it that one? Mm. Alright, I'm going to cover that a little bit today and then we're going to get into our online for today. And I wanted to cover this again because, <laughs> once again, the Word of God comes to you on three levels. Revelation, Transfiguration, Manifestation. For example, everything that I shared up to this point, <clears throat> if some of that was new to you, that's okay. Because what it is is that the scripture says that John 1, 4, in him was life and the life was the light. The light is that part of you that sees it, that, 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 receive, that understands it, and that comprehends whatever is being taught or preached. And it's not necessarily only the Word of God that, that operates that way, only the Kingdom of God. Anything that you're learning and getting taught in, you're going to see it. And once you see it, then you get to a place where you're going to understand it. And after you understand it, then you're going to get to a place where it's transfigured. It's changed you because you've associated with it. Take a look at this scripture, Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Right? And this is why the battleground, all right, the apostolic career, as he says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, for it says, The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. The strongholds are those fortified areas in our lives where there's areas that when the Word of God tries to touch that area, when the Spirit of God tries to deal with you about an issue in that area, then you immediately um, sidestep him, and you don't want to, you don't want to, um, you don't want you don't want the Holy Ghost to deal with that area of your life, right? So anyway, those are those areas, those fortified areas, okay? And these are all in the mind, right? <clears throat> and this is why it's so important that you associate and bring the right information, the right seed, if you will, into your life, right? Because the thing is, is that there's somebody else out there that's sowing seed, and his name is Satan, right? And and he is, is is dropping those seeds in our hearts like all the time, right? Now, hang on, sir, please. All right. So he's dropping information in our lives all the time, right? A man's confession is a result of his thinking. A man's thinking is a result of his knowledge. A man's knowledge is a result of his source, and there's only two sources, God or the devil. In other words, whatever you're associating with, that's the impression, that's the image that's going to come into your mind, right? This week, uh, we went and watched that program, uh, Unplanned, right? And <clears throat> what's interesting about that, knowing what I know, all right, and, and, and many of us know that, you know, when a woman... Uh, gets criticized, they internalize, right? They're made to take everything in. Alright? They're made that way by the Lord. The scriptures calls, as a matter of fact, male and female, the word female, part of that definition is to, to pierce, to, to perforate, to bore. In other words, it says about their natures that they receive it. Okay? When they see things, it's like, oh, how beautiful. They can see the whole 180 degree perspective and give you all the details about it. And they have to use a lot of words to do it, which is why they'll talk about twice as much as an average male in a day. All right? And that's not a slam, okay? And so what I'm saying is, is that this movie, 
um, this lady, right, was uh, depicting her life and what she went through um, with the Planned Parenthood and all this stuff. You know, they perform abortions and, you know, they that's their primary bread and butter, you know, according to the movie and that lady talking about it. But anyway, the point is, is that she finally realized that what, even regardless of how they get, you know, in, the script, in describing these things in all these medical terms, that, that there was a baby that was being aborted in the video, I mean, in the movie, and what she saw is that this little baby was trying to avoid that suction tube that, they, that goes in there and suck that baby out. It's got to be less than eight weeks. And that little baby was fighting off, right, that suction tube. And, you know, right away I thought about the principle about, you know, first of all, the number one strength of the soul is self-preservation. When the soul gets confronted, right, he's going to always try to cover himself like Adam and Eve did, fig leaves and aprons. But in this case, this little, this little baby uh, wasn't but eight weeks old, and yet he already had the presence of mind, will, and emotions. In other words, they already have a soul as soon as they're conceived. And in that soul, that soul was trying to preserve himself. He was trying to protect himself from being annihilated and killed. Isn't that interesting? At a, at such a, you know, what they call the blob is, you know, or, or whatever. It's not, it's not an actual baby yet. Yes, it is. Because if you look at that clearly, that, that little baby was trying. When you, if you watch that movie, that little baby was trying to avoid annihilation. And he was moving his legs and his arms away from that tube. That's amazing to me. But the other piece about this that I was going to bring out is that, you know, knowing that a woman internalizes and knowing that they get convinced, right, that this is okay, it's not a baby, and all these things that they use, these tactics, right, that they use, knowing that all this is um, nothing but lies. I mean, isn't it any wonder that anyone that's went through that, a young lady or a woman that's went through that, it takes a lot of recovery to get past that. In other words, because they internalize, this whole ordeal is being played in their minds over and over and over and over again. But thank God there's healing in the kingdom of God, amen. Thank God there's therapy, amen. That's one of the words for healing is therapy, therapool. And God is intent on healing his people from all the damage of sin, amen. The scripture says the effect of righteousness is quietness and assurance. You're going to have peace, daughters of God in the land, glory to God. When you come to me in the name of my son, the Lord Jesus, I give you righteousness, amen. I've forgiven you for all your sins, glory to God. I'm not mad at the world anymore. I've forgiven my people through my Lord, through my son, the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. <clears throat> And because of that, in Jesus' name, the effect of righteousness is quietness and assurance. You're going to have peace, amen, because I've forgiven you, says the Lord. Wow. Glory to God, you never know, praise God. You just got to be obedient to your spirit, amen. That little baby was trying to fight for its life, amen. He wasn't using any words, but he sure was using actions, and his legs were moving away, and his arms were moving away, and he was trying to avoid that suction tube that was trying to pull him down, man. It's awful, man. But as the scripture says here in Luke chapter 10, 38 through 42, and again, I'm trying to make the point that the woman, because they internalize everything, there's no way that that, that situation is not going to impact them. 
But as the Lord has said, Amen, I'm forgiving you, praise God. Luke chapter 10, 38 through 42. <clears throat> Luke chapter 10, 38 through 42. And this is where it begins in the healing process, Amen. Now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. Amen. One thing is needful. But Martha was cumbered about much serving, and came to him and said, Lord, dost, thou now, dost not thou care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her, therefore, that she help me. I need some help, man. And Jesus answered, and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful, glory to God. And Mary had chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. Do you understand that? One thing is needful. Look at this. Jeremiah 15, 19 says this. <clears throat> Therefore thus saith the Lord, if thou wilt return, will I bring thee again, and thou shalt stand before me. And if thou shalt take forth the precious from the vial, thou shalt be as my mouth. Let them return unto thee, but return thou unto them. That's a principle right there of sanctification, of maintaining your relationship to God. You maintain your relationship to the Father, and they'll come to you, glory to God, because they want God. But he's saying, don't go with them. Don't go with all that vile. Don't sit there and associate back with them. You let them come to you because they want deliverance, and they want repentance. They want the Word. They want God. Okay? And that's what he said to Jeremiah here. Separate the precious from the vile. You are the precious, and what's inside of you is precious. Therefore, you... Well, sanctify your life unto the Lord and maintain sanctification, glory to God. Because, there, like I said, <clears throat> if you sit there and you're cumbered about with, with many things, then, then you're avoiding God, you're avoiding the Word. You need to understand and be sensitive. What is the Lord doing? And yeah, that was her part to serve because we know that the Scripture says that the greatest one among you is the one who serves, right? God doesn't make leaders. He makes servants that become disciples. Therefore, they can lead because now they have discipline in their lives. Therefore, I can trust you, says God. So again, one thing is needful, right? And uh, and that's that's the thing is that, that that's what we need. We need God. We need to spend time with the Lord. We need to spend time in His presence, amen. Get this word of the Lord in your lives and in your hearts, amen. One thing is needful, glory to God. Oh, man. Take a look at this... Uh, Mark chapter 4, 14. Mark chapter 4, verse 14. This is a pretty common reading here. You hear it a lot, and uh, it's very applicable. I shared the story that there was an individual that was cutting my hair, and there was a guy that was in there that was the owner of the location. And uh, he was highly upset because I was preaching the kingdom of God. And then so much so that he went into the other room and started throwing things. And of course, I had no clue all that was going on. But the point is, is that I was just doing my part and sowing the word, right? And so he says here in Luke, Mark chapter 4, verse 14, The sower soweth the word. Amen. And these are they likewise where the word is sown, but when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately and take away the word that was sown in their hearts. Why do you think it's... Why do you think he's intent on keeping us away from understanding our Father and his ways? Why? 
because the power to bring forth Christ is in the word. Jesus said in John chapter 12, mm, take a look at this one. John chapter 12. Hang on a minute, I'll tell you what verse. John chapter 12. Talking about the Word, right? The Word is the precious. This is what we need to be close to. This is not what we need to be understanding from our Father. When you're spending time in prayer and you're reading the scriptures and you get quickened and you start praying that word, it is the spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words, the rhemas that I speak unto you, they are spirit in their life. Right? John 6, 63. So in verse 23, John 12, 23, 22, I'm sorry. Philip cometh and telleth Andrew, and, and, and again Andrew telleth Philip. All right? And Jesus answered them, saying, the hours come. So what he told them was that the, the Greeks had desired, the Greeks came and they desired to see you. Jewish Greeks, right? Okay. And, uh, <clears throat> and they desired to see you. And Jesus said, the hours come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abides alone. But if it die, it, bring forth, it brings forth much fruit. The seed of the Word of God must come into your life. Amen. And that seed, like any other seed, has to germinate. And the only way it can germinate <clears throat> in you is that you must, as he says here in verse 25, He that loveth is okay shall lose it. He's saying that the seed in you, glory to God, you got to do it just like me. If you want to move in my glory, in my power, in my anointing, in my strength, you're going to have to do it just the way I did it. And so he said here, lest the corner wheat fall on the ground and die, I'm the seed and I'm falling on the ground and die. You are the living manifestation of the word, right? You've got to go through the same way as Jesus did. He that loveth his life, in verse 25 is the Greek word suke, life, soul, shall lose it. And he that hates his life in this world, in this cosmos, shall keep it unto Zoe eternal, eternal life. Eternally, in other words, you keep that soul, man, under control. So that you might manifest the life of God, the presence, the power of God. If any man serve he, me, let him follow me. Where I am, there shall he be also. My, my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my, my father honor. If you serve Jesus Christ, if you honor the, Jesus Christ, the Father is going to honor you. But you've got to do it his way. Now verse 27. Now is my soul trouble. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this cause came I into this hour. And this is the Father, glorify thy name. Check this out. <clears throat> then came their voice from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. Isn't that amazing? They heard a voice from heaven. The scripture says the people stood there for, that stood by and heard it said it thundered. Others said an angel spake unto him. Wow. So uh, some said it thunders, others said an angel spoke to him. Right? Praise God. So what am I saying to you is that if we're going to follow the path of Jesus Christ and take us where that power, that word has to take us. In other words, the only thing that can form Christ in us is the word of God. The scripture says <clears throat> in John 1, 1 that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. 
And so that seed's got to fall. And, and, and also the scripture says that Jesus Christ was the only begotten Son of God. The only gene of His kind. Amen. And that gene produces after Himself. That seed, He is the Word. The seed produces after His kind. If you give yourself to it, which is what we're going into right now. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And I'll read verse 1. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. The very least you can do. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You know, you may be walking in your life and your relationship to the Lord and it's acceptable. Good. You may be walking in your relationship to God where you're at and you're, it's acceptable. But I'm telling you, there's a perfect will of God for every one of us. Amen. And so the process for that is this word transform is the word metamorpho. Meta is the Greek word which means association. In other words, the more you associate to the word of God, the more you're going to get transformed and changed. And when you come into that transformation of God's word in your heart and in your life, that word will now cause you to come to a place and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Now that that Word is dwelling among us and in human form, you see, you and me, as we serve God, amen, and as we serve the people, now you lay down your life, you die for them. You die to your visions, your purpose, your dreams, your desires, so that they might live. And that doesn't mean He's not going to give you your own place and your own inheritance. What that says is that you've got to be available to the Father when He needs you. Because as Jesus says, that where I am, there may also my servant be. You're not going to be able to be what God needs you to be if you're alive to yourself. Amen? Mm. Wow. Alright, so... Those are kind of a few things I wanted to cover right there regarding the... Um, the revelation, the transfiguration, the manifestation, right? So now let's go into <clears throat> the outline for today. And let me post that up. Not a very big outline. telling you, man, you may maintain your daughters, woman. Maintain your daughters, amen. Maintain your daughters, fathers. Don't let those wicked seeds get in their hearts. Mm. Alright. So, in, um, oh, I'm sorry, I was going to post that online. Yeah. Alright, so we're going to cover this outline now. This is number 47. And it's talking about acting on the word, right? Okay. And uh, Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12, let's take a look at that. That you be not slothful. Mm. See, it takes a lot of effort, man, on your part, maintaining strength over your soul. Your spirit, man, must be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Praying in the Holy Ghost, building up your most holy face. You've got to maintain that spirit, man, and keep Him hot and keep Him strong, glory to God. Woo! 
1 Corinthians 14.1, y'all don't have to turn to this, I'm just going to read it. If you're following along, that is. Follow after charity, agape, and desire spirituals. Gifts is italicized, not a part of the original Greek, but rather that you may prophesy. The word desire, to burn with zeal after the things of the Spirit. Make it your number one focus, in other words, because if it's not, if God is not your number one focus, then that means it's you. And therefore, the eye is not single. The eye and what you're driven to, what your purpose is, is not single. You understand? Praise God. Now, that you be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promise. Amen. Slothful is a Greek word, slow and sluggish, indolent, dull in language. What is indolent, right? Indolent means someone who is indolent is lazy. Lazy, man. You see? Alright, so we don't want to be lazy, right, about the things of God. Sluggish, lazy, slow, man. And who through faith and patience, amen, follow, but followers of them, okay? So those that are following God, it's okay to follow them. But as soon as they step over into their suitcase, man, right? What does it say in the scriptures? Pray for those. Right? Rebuke not an elder, but entreat him as a father. Amen. In other words, be, be, be mild and be gentle about our approach to those who are leadership over us. Because they are the ones that God has put in our lives to be representatives of God for us. To help us. To protect us. Now, <clears throat> so follow up to them who follow the Lord, right? And who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Patience here is the word makrotomia, which means long sufferance. In other words, don't sit there and be all fidgety, you know, like a little child when you tell them no. You know, be patient and wait. There's two words for patience. This one is the one that means to actually be patient and just hang there. You know, be, don't be in an attitude of whining and complaining. And the other word is in, is uh, hupomene, Luke 21, 19, for example, in your patience possess you. So patience means constancy there, consistency, reliability, faithfulness. In other words, stay constant in your oversight of your soul. Don't let him get you out of line. Don't let him get you out of line in your, in your, in your life with the Lord. All right. <clears throat> now, let's go to uh, James two seventeen. Even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without works, without thy works, and I will show you my faith by my works. In other words, your faith toward God should be producing fruit, results. Amen. He's saying, I'm going to show you the works that I've, that I've experienced by faith. And thou believest that there is one God, thou do as well. The devils also believe and tremble. But do you think they're going to be able to operate in faith toward God? No, no, no. They don't have a clue. Amen. But what, but what thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead. There must be a result, results in your life. There must be fruits. There must be something to, to witness, to, to say that, that, that this is my life in faith. Right? Faith without works. You can't say, I have faith. And not have anything to show for it that the Lord has done. Right? 
It's not saying faith and go do all these works and serve, right, and, and do all these dead works. He's trying to say that the, the, the person that has faith is going to have something to testify to that. Amen? So again, it's not something to just say, yeah, I have faith. I remember I was in a service one time, and it was a Spanish service, and the lady said, tengo fe, which means I have faith. No, you gotta have faith in the Word. What is God saying? Faith toward God is the Word. It is the Spirit that quickeneth. In other words, what did He quicken? What is He quickening to you? Right? And therefore, what are you standing on regarding His Word? Now, slothful again is lazy, stupid, though. Man. Scripture says in Hebrews 5.11, take a look at this one. Um, uh, 5.11, Hebrews 5.11, of whom we have many things to say, and hard to be uttered, seeing you are dull of hearing. Same word dull there is, you're slothful, you're sluggish, you're indolent, you're languid. Languid, that's another word. What in the world? I like this. When I see these words that I have never seen before, if you describe someone as languid, you mean that, that they show little energy or interest and are very slow and casual in their movements. Right? When you're pressed and someone's around you and, and you guys are involved together in something and you don't, when they're being sluggish about it, it bothers me. <laughs> Alright? So, don't be dull of hearing. Those who do nothing with what, with what they hear, we are to follow those, we are not, are we to follow those who do nothing or those who inherit? Right? Who are the ones you want to follow? You want to follow those who are inheriting the promises of God, right? James 1.22, be ye doers and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. You're deceiving yourself if you think you just hear this word and do not do anything with it. You must make a move toward God. Always, always manifesting Jesus Christ. That's the whole goal is manifesting Christ in the earth so God can get you to a place. In other words, maturity. A son of God just like Jesus Christ. We are some God. Maturity in the things of God. So that now God can begin to utilize you. Praise God. And tear the devil's kingdom down. <laughs> Matthew 7, 24. Matthew 7, 24. Hmm. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them... I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. Glory to God. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon the rock, a rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them not, shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. So in other words, when the pressure comes, right, if you're founded on the Word, glory to God, you're going to be able to maintain. But if you're built on sand, which means anything else outside of God's Word in His way, then when the pressure comes to your life, you're going to fall, man. You're not going to be able to handle it right. Your soul's going to get all emotional about it. we got to do something. What's going on? Are you not concerned about this? No. I have trust towards God. I don't have to fret and fuss, amen. The Scripture says in Proverbs, that it's vain for us to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows. For so he gives his beloved sleep. You see, we have peace with God. Amen. We don't have to fuss and worry. 
Because God is going to take care of his people. You know, God is jealous over his people, man. He's jealous over you and over me. In other words, when you start adulterating yourself and allowing yourself to mingle with the world, God gets upset with that. And the way we know that is because we move further and further away from him. All of a sudden, conflicts and problems start occurring. As pressure comes, all of a sudden, things are falling apart. I don't want to be at that place, Lord of God. I want to stay tight with the Lord, amen. Amen. So, <clears throat> at thy word I will do it. Luke chapter 5. And it came to pass that as 1 through 7, 1 through, yeah, 1 through 7. And it came to pass that as his people pressed on him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of the Gennesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep and let your, down your nets for drop. And Simon answering, said unto him, Master, we have told all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. <laughs> who gave the provision, glory to, glory to God? Who gives, who gives you the provision for the vision of God? It's your father, amen. Even so, what do you think they did with all those fishes? They had needs too, man. They had families and mouths to feed. They were able to take that, amen. Utilize it, feed the people, feed their families, sell it, make money. Amen. They needed that provision. <clears throat> when they did what Jesus said, obeyed, they experienced what Jesus said. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. When you hear that word in your spirit and you move on that word, glory to God, faith has come, amen. And now you can say to the mountain, you can speak to that issue in your life. You can remove this mountain and be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, amen. In my name, glory to God, in Jesus' name. <clears throat> Be ye doers of the word, as I said earlier, James one twenty two. James one twenty two. But if ye be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves, for if any be a hearer of the word, the Logos, and not a doer, he is like unto a man, beholding his natural face in a glass, for he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. See, this is why our faces should be holding the law of liberty. Amen. This is why we should be involved in the Word, so that we don't forget the Word. Amen. This is why daily you must go and seek that bread of life from, Jesus, from the Father. Amen. Daily get that life, get that, get that force of God in you, get that presence of God, get that anointing of God, get that strength of God that abides in you. Because in, 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 inevitably, God wants to come out, glory to God, out here. Amen. In our lives, everywhere we go. It's not just about being in the four walls of the church. This is where we do the work of God. No. It's out there. Where was Jesus at? Was he in some more organized situation? He was preaching the kingdom of God everywhere he went. <laughs> it wasn't about being locked down, right? Even so, in our lives. Amen. Mm. 
faith and patience. Amen. Let's look at James chapter 2, verse 14. What did the prophet, my brethren, though a man shall say he has faith and has not works, can, a, can faith save him? No. Right? <clears throat> you see, you got to move in faith toward God with the Word of God. It's not just something that it, something to tickle your ears because it feels good and I did the, the right thing, I did the good thing. You know, that was the thing is that the soul man always goes to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. There was two trees in the garden. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life. The tree of life was God, Jesus. You can come to me any time you need me. But when they decided to go to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they lost the presence of God. They could no longer be directed by their spirit, man. They no longer had the life of God. Now they were made. Now they were everything they were building was on sand. It was no longer on the Lord. So you see, we must continue <clears throat> to seek the Lord and ask Him in our lives what we have need of. And what the people need, call on the Lord for what they need. They need miracles, if they need healing, if they need a word from the Lord, if they need to hear a word of wisdom, word of knowledge, faith toward God, if they need to hear the words that they can have faith, amen. These are things that Jesus said in John 16, 13. And when He, the Spirit of truth, has come, He will guide you into all truth. Amen. He's going to guide us. He's going to reveal these things to us, these things that we need so long as we maintain a relationship with the Father. Mm. Amen. Verse 22 there in, in, in Luke, I mean James. <clears throat> and I'm going to read verse 21. Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar? He did something with the word that he heard. God said, go sacrifice your son. Okay. Verse 22. Seest thou how faith wrought his works with his works, and by works he was made perfect or mature? He maintained, amen, his obedience to God. Whatever you, whatever you say, Father, I'll do it. Just like Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, uh, I just, you know, again... It's so important that we maintain our, our life with God in all these aspects of the Word. You know, the thing is, again, like I was sharing earlier, is that there is a seed that the enemy is seeking to sow in our hearts. Take a look at 1 Peter 1, 23. And here it is. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the Word of God, which lives and abides forever. See, there is a corruptible and an incorruptible. There is a seed that's being sown in your garden, you, in your heart, in your mind, that's corruptible, corrupted. It's got the spirit of error. It's not truth. That's why you must check everything by the word, amen? But then there's also the incorruptible, amen? Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible. We are renewed fresh daily, amen, in our spirits by that word that generates life, amen? That seed of God is the life of God. It is the Word of God. It is the most important thing. The Scripture says that He upholds His Word above His name. You understand? Because the power is in the seed. And any farmer that's hearing this, that's out there, knows what I'm talking about. 
That seed yields, amen. It brings forth. <clears throat> I'm going to read Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12. <clears throat> because God is trying to get us to a place, right? Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12. He needs you to be sharp with His Word. And if you're involved in your own life, you're not going to be able to be attentive to God. What I'm saying is, I'm not saying slough off your responsibilities. I'm saying make God first. I was mentioned to my wife the other day. I said, babe, you know why I pray all the time? <clears throat> pray in the morning. Get up early in the morning. Say no to what I want, which is to go to stay there and sleep. But get up. Amen. And go seek the Lord and go pray. I said, because I want God to understand, my Father, that you, Father, are number one in my life. Number one. And she said, does that mean we're number two? I said, yes, ma'am. Everything else is secondary to God. Amen. It must be so in our lives. <clears throat> Hebrews 5.12 For when for the time you for when for the time you ought to be teachers see you should have been at a place already where you're mature in the word of God and you're ready to teach, praise God. You have need that one teach you again which be the first principles of the oracles of God and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them who are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. See, everyone that's using the milk of the word, amen, and that's your primary message everywhere you go. You know, Jesus forgave you for your sins. Um, he's not mad at you, etc., etc. All these milk doctrines, if you will, which... Which it's interesting because in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1, right? These six foundational principles that it lists here are all milk. They're foundational principles. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, verse 6, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptisms and of the laying on of hands, and of resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. And this will we do if God permit. You understand what I'm saying here? God needs us to be masters of the sword. Amen. Champions. Amen. Standing up for the cause of God, men of God, daughters of God. I want to read another scripture to you. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. No. Seven. Oh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Yeah, 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 20. body of Christ. Amen. You are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. You see that? So question, why didn't he say glorify God in your body and in your soul and in your spirit, which are God's? <laughs> why didn't he tell, say that? I'll tell you why. Because your soul belongs to you. He gave you your soul. Glory to God. Your mind, your will, and your emotions. And He desires you to make a choice to serve Him. Amen? And not serve yourself. He's not saying that He won't bring you into your own uh, things that you like and things that you want to do. He's saying that I need to be first. Amen? I need to create out of your spirit. I need to inspire out of your spirit, man. I don't want you inspiring from your soul, moving from your soul, man, first. I need you to check in with me in the spirit. Amen? First. Follow after God. Amen. Follow after the Lord, even as I follow the Lord. In other words, 
The price that's been paid for is Jesus Christ, the one that's resurrected from the dead, glory to God. And isn't it interesting, today is well, what they call Easter. I don't like to use that word Easter because it was, she was the goddess of fertility. And they, they would paint these little eggs and they would leave them in the homes of the men. If the man took him the eggs, then that means they wanted service from the goddess of fertility. In other words, prostitution. So, but anyway, um, you are bought with the price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which belong to God. So, in other words, your soul belongs to you. You need to glorify God, even as I glorify God, by making a choice to serve God daily. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord, for your word today. I thank you, Father, that your word is life unto those who find them and help to all their flesh, Father. The entrance of your word gives light. It gives understanding to the simple, Father. In Jesus' name, Father, quicken us, O God, according to your word, for your word is truth, Father. I thank you, Lord, for all those that are partaking today, Father. I thank you for the many that will partake of this word, Father. And I bless you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, Father.